Do you want more behind-the-scenes photos? Yeah. How about full, uncensored access? Oh, yeah. Maybe you just want the full VIP treatment? Well, for as little as $1, you can become a loyal Patreon of mine at patreon.com forward slash Trinity the Tuck and enjoy behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and tons more content before everyone else. Plus, there's exclusive merch. Check it out today. Mmm. Welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today our very special guest is Aja. Today we talk about Sex Talk 101, her drag race experience, and so much more. Hi guys, welcome back to work. I'm so excited. My guest today is my season nine sister and the star of All Stars 3, Aja! Hi, I'm Aja, and I'm pregnant. <laughs> well, I mean, I would believe it. <laughs> honestly, if I had a uterus, I would be fucked, honestly. Girl, you would have had, like, 15 kids by now. 15? You're, be- you're being too nice. I would have, like, 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, um, speaking of that, you have a boyfriend now, right? Yes, I have been in my first monogamous relationship in 10 years. Monogamous? That means, like, you're not seeing other people? Yeah, this is, like, the first time I've been in a relationship where I'm fully, like, uh, not, you know, our agreement is just each other, and that's it. Well, is that, like, something you were, like, excited to do? Or, like, he was just like, bitch, if you want to be with me, then you can't be with anybody else? It was a little bit of both. I think um, I just had a very exciting and fruitful year last year sexually and I was just like I I don't know I got to the point where I was like I think I'm ready to just like kind of give myself to one person the dick must be good bitch (laughs) (laughs) I mean of course I mean you know I'm a lot to handle so I can imagine (laughs) that if the dick wasn't good I would not be here girl what so has he ever been in an open relationship before uh no he hasn't Oh, so, yeah, so he would be, like, not having it. Um, Have y'all discussed, like, bringing someone else in just for fun? Um, We we have, like, as, like, a future thing, but I think it's something we're both currently just not interested in, so we're just, like, whatever. Like, I think it's, like, I think the fun part about being in a relationship is that you're allowed to, like, you know, change things up whenever you want. So, like... uh, I think right now we're at the conclusion that we're like, we're good for now, but I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it again later. Well, that's good, bitch. I mean, I um, remember traveling with you, so bitch. I remember that one time we were in the UK and you had like lost your phone and then you lost oh, your mind <laughs> because you lost your phone and you were like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need uh, my phone because I need to be on grinder. And you were like... <laughs> You were like, bitch, you went out and you bought an iPad, bitch, just so yeah, you this could... is a true story. <laughs> I lived. I lived. That's Honestly, so funny. <laughs> I, you know what? 
It's true. It's true. It's true. I I have been a very sexually open person for a lot of my life. That's, that's okay, though, girl. Like, I mean, every to each their own, and everybody's allowed to do that. I mean, I you're you're way more open about what you have gone through and done and did and do. But mm-hmm. you know, I like to try to keep mine as much under wraps as possible. Uh, but you know, I am no angel either when, especially when I was your age. How old are you? 26. Yeah, 26 was the year, honey. 26, 27, 28. And then when I turned 30, I still said I was 26. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so let's get into it. I'm going to um, ask you some questions. So, so tell me, like, obviously, uh, you're all about music. You've put out a lot of great music in a short amount of time. Um, where are you at right now as far as music? Are you going to be doing new music coming up or what's going on? So right now I'm working on a uh, full-length studio album. It's my second album. And um, I've been working on it since uh, last summer, uh, since like June. So almost a year already. And um, it's probably the most intense project I've ever worked on because uh, it's really challenged me to do things I've never done. And um, part of that is opening up myself vulnerably and emotionally in my music and like um, really letting the listeners into another side of me that people maybe don't know about. Uh, Because I think a lot of people think of me as this sort of like, People, people only see me in a fun or, like, sassy or fiery, angry way. But a lot of people don't really know, like, the soft, really just, like, emotional side of me. Are you going to be, like, think, singing, singing? Or is this, like, you're still going to be rapping about it? It's both. Um, oh, work. So, um, I think a lot of people don't know that I have a, a background in singing and in songwriting as well. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting to show my supporters and my fans... Um, a different side of me because this is th- what I'm releasing is less of a rap album and it's more of an actual just produced record that has a little bit of everything. Do you um, have like a date in mind yet or like a time period? My first date of release was actually November of 2019, <laughs> but um, I'm, I've sat on this record so hard and I just keep, I want to make sure it's perfect. I think that, as someone who has came off of like drag race and, uh, and has been in that sort of domain a lot, my music has been put under a lot of criticism from the fan bases, uh, more so in particular, uh, because a lot of people don't really understand why someone would want to go from being like a really iconic drag queen to being like, you know, a lesser known musician. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can't really explain it. I think sometimes in life you just get pretend you get presented with options and you're just like, okay, which door should I take? And sometimes picking the door that other people wouldn't really pick, it makes you feel better. And I think that because I'm doing that, um, I really wanted to make this album perfect because I wanted it to be like a testimony of my experience positively. What do you what is your favorite uh song that you've done so far out of any of your music that you've released? Ooh, uh, my favorite song that I've made myself has to be, um, okay, so my favorite song that I've made is, uh, there's an EP that I released last year in the middle of the year, it was called All Caps, um, and the lead single on it was called Commercial. The song is pretty aggressive, and it's a really rap-based, um, 
But it was really all about how... Um, so honestly, after I basically kind of just embraced my non-binary identity and also embraced, like, I want to be a musician, I started getting booked for gigs less, but I started getting higher quality gigs. And it, may, it was like a weird thing because... I was getting offered more money for gigs, but just less gigs. Yeah. And I was also getting offered like these campaigns, Starbucks, H&M, like all this stuff. And, you know, they weren't saying like, oh, we want you to come and give us fabulous this, that, the other drag. We, we just want Asha. We want you as a person. We like what you're doing. So commercial is all about a lot of the drag race fan bases and people saying basically that I flopped and that, you know, I suck now and I threw my career away. And it's saying, well, if I threw my career away and I suck, then why am I still at high demands for advertisement branding? And why am I still being like put on the faces stuff? Like, why are people still listening and buying my product if I'm nothing? And um, yeah. Now, what do you think the song that you've released is the most popular with a fan base? The song that is the most popular with, uh, it depends. Is it the Drag Race fan base or the Asha fan base? I think um, just in, like an all over broad spectrum of like the most popular song you've released. The most popular song is, is Level Your Pussy Up. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think it's because, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of myself, I, okay, I'm a very intense person and like, I'm not really all about having fun. And I think people think I am, but love with your pussy up is really just a fun, a fun song. It's like, it's not serious. There's no meaning behind it. And you know, people will play it at the club. They'll play it in the room. I get videos all the time of people trying to jump off of objects in their house while listening to it. Um, yeah. So it's, I guess, a, it's a good dance, like rap song. That's like drag, but still like almost vogue. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, it's like it's it's basically like a vote chance. <laughs> yeah, that's it, good. It's not, it's not particularly my favorite. I guess I just don't really like dance music. Like, if anybody goes to like my Spotify, you'll see that like I like to a lot of what I listen to is really kind of like hip hop or like indie music mm -hmm. or rock music. So like I've never been bit like besides drag because you know sometimes for the gig, especially when we were like the local girls, like you had to like pull out the pop the pop gig here and there to get your coins. Right. So, you know, with an exception for, for that, I never really was into, like, pop music or into, like, the dancey stuff. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't appeal to me. Do you still do, um, like, whenever you perform, do you still do shows where you lip sync? So I've been doing, like, lip sync shows online, like, uh, to, to garner the coins for now since we're in quarantine. Yeah. And to be honest with you, um, I've sort of struggled with, with lip sync performance. The thing is, I know that I'm really good at it, but like, I feel like I don't want it to take away from me being a musician. Cause I don't necessarily identify like as a drag artist anymore. And I don't, I also don't want to put out the wrong message that like I'm backtracking on things that I say. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the art of lip syncing and I think it's a really fun thing to do. Um, I just think in terms of, of a drag character, I feel like I've sort of, my drag character has sort of evolved into my identity to which like, I don't really sit in the mirror anymore and go, well, it's time to turn from this person to this person. Now I'm just like, I'm Asha 24 seven, you know, and I'm just putting on hair and makeup and like, I'm just getting, you know, getting ready. Have you, um, 
like ever thought about changing your name legally to Aja? I started already. Oh wow, work! Like, um, what is the last? What is your last name going to be? Just just Aja or? Um. So I I'm teetering in my last name right now, and I'm just kind of focusing on the first name. Uh, it it, it was weird for me because like I'm a, I'm already adopted, so I'd never got to obviously like have a name that was given to me by my family or anything like that. And I never identified with my birth name. Um, and I don't know. I just felt like Aja, the name Aja just fits me and it makes me, it makes me feel good. I prefer to be called Aja. Actually growing up, I always went by the nickname Jay. A lot of people think that my name is Jay. Like I have gotten checks written to Jay. I have everywhere online. It says, born jay jay is not my real name and it's never been my real name i think a lot of people don't know my my government name and they never will because i that's how often i don't talk about it yeah well um you stated earlier that you're like you identify as non-binary what has been your struggle to um to get to this point of where you feel comfortable with your identity now well, it was tough growing up because I, I grew up, my neighborhood uh, in Bedside, Brooklyn, was like predominantly uh, a black and Puerto Rican neighborhood. And in, in these like smaller um, subcultures in, in the world, especially America, a lot of people don't realize uh, masculinity is really pushed on people who are born as male. So if you show any sign of femininity, you know, like you're a faggot or you're like going to get hurt or like it's not really safe. And it wasn't until gentrification happened in New York that I saw more gay people and I started to like explore my femininity to which when I was like 18, I thought I wanted to become, I just thought I wanted to be a woman. So um, I actually came out to my mom as a trans woman when I was 18 and my mom had this whole talk with me about how hormones cause cancer. And I was like, okay, 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 work. Uh, but she was like accepting, which was crazy. And I don't know, a, long, a few years later, I did live my life sort of as a, not sort of, but I lived my life as a woman for like six, six to eight months. I like would get my hair braided and my weave sewn in. Like it was like that deep. Like I, I wore pads in the daytime, girl. Like wow. I was fully be outside, like, you know, living my life, like, you know, getting called a uh, tranny on the street, getting told that I'm a man, like all this shit. Um, and I had trans friends too. Some of them were very supportive. Some were not very supportive. Um, you know, it was really weird for me because I would sometimes go through that like body dysmorphia or like that weird gender dysphoria. And then sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I would be comfortable and sometimes I wouldn't be. So I sort of got to the point where I said, you know, sometimes I want to be a man and sometimes I want to be a woman. And I don't know what the word for that is called. And that's when I discovered non-binary. It was actually kind of through uh, Courtney Act. Uh, Courtney Act started talking about being gender fluid, uh, where she said, like, sometimes I want to be a he and sometimes I'm a she. And she's like, so I'd rather just be called a they. Uh, and I know to some people it seems so complicated, but to me, gender and sexuality and all these things are on a spectrum. There's really no definite answer. Uh, you just kind of know more or less where you sit on the spectrum. And for me, uh, as someone who's non-binary and gender fluid, I feel like I just happen to be going on different sides of the spectrum depending on how I feel at the moment. So, you know, some non-binary people prefer only they, and some don't really care which um, 
pronoun you use. What do you specifically prefer to be called? I don't really have a preferred pronoun, to be honest. Like, I, the proper term for most non-binary people would be they or them. Um, but I'm comfortable being called he or she as well. I just don't, I don't like it when someone tries to tell you who you are. Like, you know, when somebody's like, no, you're not that, you're a man. No, you're this, you're a man in a dress. I just don't like that type of, like, uh, thing. Because I don't feel like anybody in this world has the right to tell you who you are, but yourself. Right. I, I, I 100% agree. A lot of people think because I've had a lot of work done, especially in my lower body where it's more feminized and mm-hmm. I'm also extremely feminine that they think that I also identify as non-binary or, you know, more towards the trans side, which is not true. I actually do identify as like a, a, a cisgender male. I just am a sissy. <laughs> <laughs> She's just pumped. Yeah, but but at the same time, though, I don't. I also don't mind being called um, he, she, or they either. Um, I'm not one of those that's that's hung up on uh, my pronoun. Um, I think more so for the fact that I just I'm comfortable with myself and in. I I I just had this conversation earlier with um, Lonnie Love. Um, I feel like when people use pronouns if they use it and if say they don't know that you you go by they and they call you a he or they call you a she and they're not being malicious it's all an intent so if they meant to you know if they meant to offend you then take it offensively but if they don't mean to offend you then it's our jobs to just politely correct them and then you know move on yes i agree with that i feel like uh, I feel I feel like we're we are in a day and age where things are hypersensitive and people do take things to the extreme. I think that uh, on both sides, there are people who are like disgusting and aggressively like trying to hurt other people, and then there's people who are getting really hurt really quick, not understanding or knowing the intent. Like you said, I think if everyone just took a second to just clarify and communicate, uh, you know, we would avoid a lot of situations and. You know, when you find out that the bitch is misgendering you because she wants to, you know, that's when you can, like, let her have it. Right. That I 100% agree. I, um, you and I are very similar on <clears throat> a lot of things. One big thing I notice on Twitter is that you're very outspoken. You speak your mind no matter what. I'm the same way. Um, you have had your occasions where you've had many a tiffs with fans um, what has been your struggle with, uh, the fan base? So, um, the way I like to put it down is that, <clears throat> so, you know, like a Venn diagram, like you have two sides and then you have the middle. Right. If there was a Venn diagram of the fan base, in my opinion, one side is the Aja fan base and supporters. The middle is where me and drag race fan base intersect. And then on the other side, it's just drag race, not fans of Aja. And what I think happens is that there's people who are fans of the show and they follow you because you're they're a fan of the show but they're not necessarily someone who's going to support you or really you know give a shit about you right and when they start to realize that you're more than just a person a personality on the show some people get bothered or like they you know when you're not giving them what they know what they what they've seen on tv yes they feel they feel sort of slighted and 
Um, I feel like, you know, honestly, I've had moments in the past, uh, I'll admit that I, I was unnecessary or that I've said things that, you know, I necessarily would never even say in real life. Cause I, girl, honestly, in real life, you know, I don't give a fuck. Right. But like online, sometimes people, you, I, I don't know if, if you're the same way, but sometimes people just, I feel like talk shit that they don't even know. Oh, girl, I'm like, oh, I 100%, I've, I've always been like, uh, on your side of things because I 100% feel the same way you do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes I could go off, uh, but that's why like I, this year, especially since like the beginning of the year, I've been trying to step back and not respond to people and just use the blog button more because it, it to me, I realize like, I don't want people to have this perception of me, but I also do want people to understand that, uh, you know, whether or not, and I, I want to make this clear. Whether or not we are queer celebrities or drag celebrities or whatever the fuck people will call it, we are people. And at the end of the day, when you if you take that little like niche that you put on in front of celebrity, we are still public figures. Our life is put on display for everyone to judge and scrutinize. And I don't think people realize that because they're they're looking at just they look at us as sometimes as just little puppets or characters, and they don't realize that no, that's a person. That's a person who who our art is not just being objectified by the public, but we everything that we do and we put into our craft, we do take personally. And there's sort of this idea because of like drag race and the challenges and stuff that all drag is just comedic. And it's just like, ha ha ha, there's a man in a dress. Oh, my God, I love this. Oh, my God, skinny fashion queen. Like, it's not all that for some people. This art form is a way of living and it's a way of expression. And when, you know, when you're just trying to do you and someone just interjects nonstop to tell you how you should be doing things, eventually you're going to be like, okay, bitch, sit the fuck down. I didn't know you were the Albert Einstein of drag. I didn't know you were the Albert Einstein of art. I didn't know that, you know, that you knew everything. And a lot of times the, the fans will use this like analogy. They'll be like, oh, well, I don't have to be a chef to know when food tastes like shit. And my, my rebuttal to that is always just, well, that's great, but you could also have the palate of a five-year-old, which means you can't taste shit. Yeah. But, you know, there's also the flip side, which I know that you know this too, of the fans that are super supportive and that, you know, love Aja no matter what. I see it all the time on your posts that they're super supportive of whatever you're doing and, and they love you. So, um, you have a huge fan base. You're, you're almost at a million followers on Instagram. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't think, I think I'll hit 900,000 before I hit a million. I lose a lot of followers all the time because a lot of people think that like, you know, they're just like, Oh, Aja quit drag. So let's just move on. We don't need to stay here. But I will say I do have a very strong and supportive fan base that I have, um, accumulated from, from the platform of doing drag race. And there are a lot of fans that met me through drag race who still support me and support what I do. And I love them because, you know, those are like diehard fans. And those are people who honestly keep me going. They buy my merchandise. They listen to my music, but I've also accumulated like fans just from my music. I've accumulated fans, uh, from my other projects and doing stuff with other people. Um, and accumulated fans from grinder. <laughs> of course that's social media girl <laughs> well bitch i um i actually want to move to a topic called uh sex talk 101 oh yeah 
Yes. And um, since you are very open about your sexuality and your sexual escapades, I would love for you to share a, this is more of a lighthearted um, uh, category, um, a, a story of like, what is like the most outlandish uh, story you have? Like, it could be like an encounter of yours personally or some something that you've heard from one of your close friends, you don't have to give names. Um, but I mean, I remember from season nine, the bus rides, you and Alexis always had the best story. <laughs> oh my, oh my God, stop. Not those memories. Um, <laughs> so, you know, honestly, I can say that on my years of touring and I grow, I've seen it all. I I've, I've been there. I've been to the parties. I've been to the clubs. Like I just, I have seen it all, and I don't think anything is really that outlandish to me. But um, I, I've told this story before. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I am not a top. I like I don't know why people think I'm a top. I'm not a top uh, because because uh, you got a big old wang, bitch. Uh, that picture <laughs> circulating all over Reddit. <laughs> See, but I'm a but what people don't understand is I'm a woman, and sometimes women have the biggest dicks. Like, it's, they don't. They, that's true. That's true. And. Um, so I had met this boy and I think it was in Virginia or something like that. And he was, he, it was him and his brother and they were both gay. Oh. And I, and I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm, I'm gonna go home with one of them tonight. And I was like, I hope it's the top. And you know, you never know which one is the top and which one is the bottom or the verse or whatever. So I ended up with the bottom. Oh God. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, he was cute and whatever. So I was like, whatever. He was a little white boy. He was like five foot four or five foot five. He was short. And I was like, okay, great. So uh, we got to my hotel room and like literally I have to go to the airport in like two hours. And I was like, oh, whatever. And this kid is like, wants me to fuck him. And I'm like, oh my God. In my mind, I'm just thinking, whatever. Like I'm drunk. This, we'll just make it a thing. So, um, I proceed to literally murder this child. <laughs> uh, and I say that because I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because we were just not lubing correctly or whatever. But girl, he just started like he was just bleeding out his ass. Oh, like, my God. So much. And I'm like, I kind of I would tell him I was like, I want to stop because this is a lot. And he was like, no, keep going. And I was like. I want to stop. And he was like, <laughs> keep going. So I stopped oh. because I said, I will, I refuse to be charged for assault and battery. And, um, I went and I just, we cleaned ourselves off and, uh, and then he drove me to the airport. But, uh, <laughs> I, girl, I was like, I am going to kill this person. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. And, like, I don't know why he wanted it so bad. And I was just like, girl, like... Those honestly, hungry you know bottoms, bitch. Those hungry bottoms. But that was, it was just a lot to me because I'm not particularly, like, squeamish. But, like, I just... I don't know, girl. Like, there's nothing that... I'm not going to kink shame because there are people who are into that. But blood does not turn me on. So I was just like... Well, especially when somebody looks like they're in pain. Well, we just going to call your your dick's new name is Dexter, honey. Oh, my God. No, my... I just... Oh, my God. I just... <laughs> got um in the middle of the quarantine i just got the boomer bank still dough oh my gosh did you yes and um literally my boyfriend hates me. he hates the fucking dildo why what is it what does he hate about it 
he just hates it. He's just like, he's so, he's so funny. Like every time he, he walked out the bathroom this morning, it was just there. He was just like, I hate that fucking dildo. <laughs> oh my gosh. So crazy. Okay. So, um, I want, maybe you don't remember, maybe I'm not even, maybe I've got you confused, but, um, there was a story that you told us in the van. It was with you and one of your drag sisters uh, when you were really young and you had met up with like this rich guy in his hotel room and you like, I think you had stolen his booze somehow. What was yes. this? Tell us the story. So, okay. Back in the day. Uh, oh, wow. So this is like really old, but back in the day when I first started, when we first started doing, uh, going out and drag and stuff, like we were not opposed to like, you know, when you have the chasers, <clears throat> Girl, we were not opposed to the chasers, especially if they if they were like, we want to give you money. And I was like, okay, works. So literally, it was so funny because we uh, there was this guy. He was like a producer for CNN or some shit. He had money. He was staying at the W Hotel. And we went to his room and he was just like, um, <laughs> he was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to give you guys like 800 bucks each. And like, oh we're just going to spend time to... Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, we're just going to spend some time together. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I am not touching you, old man, but okay. And how old were you? Oh, girl, I was like 18, 19. Okay. And, okay, so just so, just for context, I'm wearing a double stacked, like, brown synthetic hair. And I'm wearing, like, this, like, green jumpsuit. Uh, it was, like, green satin. So I'm looking very, like, 70s. And uh, my, <laughs> my friend is wearing... Uh, literally a a you know that really tacky cheetah print that all the drag queens were wearing for a while the ones that came in neon colors uh-huh she was wearing a leotard that was the orange and pink one what where did <laughs> y'all had, meet this guy at at uh the duplex in new york and she had on pink neon fringe all over the shoulders what? and so uh so we go there and we're just drinking he's like popped open like about like two bottles of champagne at this point and he pull he goes to the closet and he pulls out the hangers, you know, the one with the clamps. Uh-huh. And he's and he's like, Okay, so now we're getting serious. Whose nipples are we putting these on? And I started screaming. Bitch. I was laughing so hard. And so my friend goes, Bitch, not me. And I look at her, I was like, put it on, bitch. And she was like, Why I gotta be the one? So this guy puts the clamps about her nipple and she's just like faking it she's like oh yes oh yes and this guy is just living his best life i mean and for eight hundred dollars yes ma'am she better clamp her nipples girl so i was like okay we have to flip this around somehow and the first thing i've said was we have to become some dominatrixes and girl next thing you know i was like shut the fuck up and put this fucking clamp on your nipple you piece of shit and he was like <laughs> he was like okay and then we were just literally like, I was like, take off your fucking clothes and lay down in the bed like a fucking baby. And he did. And then we were like, we're going to tuck you into bed and we're going to take everything you have. And he was like, uh, he was like, he was like kind of drunk too. And he was just like, yeah, take, take everything. He was like, take everything you want. So literally I took my suitcase and my friend just started putting, taking all the juice and the gummies and the snacks. <laughs> and you the, better have got the, the bar girl, the little mini bar. Oh, bitch. And I told him, I said, we took everything. And he was like, he was like, okay, thank you. Uh, and at this point, he already gave us, the, he gave us the money before we had even got to the hotel. So I was, girl, I was peeking because, you know, when, when 
the first of all, that was a lot of money, especially like as a young local entertainer. I was like, girl, what? And uh, I remember we we left the hotel. I had on a brisk store first, so I felt real. I felt like a bum, bitch. And <laughs> I'll get into the cat, the New York Yellow Taxi Cab, and I had gotten paid for my gig earlier, so I had like two hundred dollars in my bag, and then I also had like my tips, girl. When I walked into the cab, I felt like the richest bitch on the planet. I went and bought a sewing machine, and then that shit broke after, like, five days. And I was like, girl, this is karma. Girl, you had robbed him. And like, But he had, like, paid you. you he, had, he paid us to rob him. You, you got, he paid you to rob him. You got money. You got uh, alcohol. And you got gummy bears. You cannot. And you didn't even have to have sex with him. You, you could not have had a better night, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wait. There was this one part where uh where he was like oh am i not gonna get no pussy and literally i i was like okay this is what we're gonna do and i told my friend i was like we're gonna make him lick the taint of your tights oh like, no tights. no <laughs> and he was doing it and it was so funny like and and okay so she's sitting there like oh yeah lick my tights bitch like over <laughs> i'm in the and I'm in the background pretending to play the air violin and laughing I'm so drunk. And I'm just, like, playing an air violin. And she is like, can you stop? But she's, like, doing it, like, so he can't hear it. So she's acting. She's like, can you stop? And he's just like, what's wrong? And I'm like, keep eating her fucking... I'm like, keep eating her material pussy. Like, it was some shit. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that that is definitely a story. I remember part of that. I don't remember the whole thing, but... I remember it being an entertaining story, and it definitely was. Uh, um, so the last question of the the sex uh, uh, sex talk one hundred and one is: uh, What are three turnoffs for you? Three turnoffs for me are. Oh wow! There honestly, there's not much that turns me off. I guess like I'm blood particular. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, blood is a turnoff for me. Uh, fecal matter is a turnoff for me. I'm not really into poop. Um, and I guess, oh, bad breath. Ugh. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Girl, I'm not, I'm not, if, like, if, well, one, if I'm not in a relationship with you, I'm not kissing you. I hate it when I'm hooking up with somebody and they try to kiss me. I'm uh -huh. like, girl, get away from me. Please don't I agree. Kiss me. I really agree. Uh-huh. Well, bitch, let's move on to something that's uh, less uh, X-rated. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the next topic is called Sisterly Scandals. Sisterly Scandals. Oh my God. Oh shit, I'm scared. And today we only really have one good one that I really wanted to talk about. And um, you're familiar with Jake Yancey, right? Yes. So I recently saw on Twitter where Jake Yancey and Shea Coulee were like having a really heated battle, but I think they each blocked each other or something. And but they were still going at each other. Um, what? What are, have you? Do you have any experience with Jake Yancey, or are you familiar with the situation that I'm talking about with them? So I've seen the, the situation from afar, and I haven't really gotten into it. I try to keep my distance away from from those drama bloggers because you know what it is is that a big portion of the drag race fans follow him and they believe everything he says and like you know i think sometimes like he will report specific things um maybe more negative things about people he doesn't like which i don't really think is is right 
Um, and what happens is, is that those fans start attacking these people. And that does happen because it, it ha- it's happened to me before where um, he, he wrote about something. I forgot what it was, but it was like around the time that, uh, that my album had came out. And um, people were like attacking me over, over something. And then like when he made a video on it, like it got, it got worse. And I was just like, oh, here we go. Um, but it was like really bad. And like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't think we need, I don't think we need that. And I guess, you know, he finds solace and happiness in doing that. But I, I think that, you know, it's also great to realize that you're benefiting off of, you know, ruining other people's careers. And also like you're benefiting off of like, you know, putting people's business in the open, but it's a double-edged sword because, you know, we also do, you know, it's like we don't sign up for it, but it's in the it's in the fine print, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, like you know, I guess I guess the best thing to do is like you can acknowledge you don't agree with it because I don't necessarily agree with everything he says or does, and I do think that something can be taken out of hand. But I I'm not like I'm not going to pay it any mind because I can't stop him from doing that. Like if he wants, unless I like physically go all the way to wherever the fuck he is i cannot stop him so now if you were in shay's situation would you have called him out like she did um well i'm not i'm not sure exactly what what he did to to shay to be honest with you i think it was really it started with jake yance and shay coulee's um husband dan and then, uh-huh. and then Shay obviously, because it was all about Shay, so it, it got Shay brought into it. And then, you know, Shay's not afraid to speak her mind too, bitch, you know. And so, yes. <laughs> and then Jake Yonsei had said something um, in retaliation and it just kind of like, w- like fueled the fire to where they just were at each other. So, you know, I personally don't mind Jake Yonsei for like overall. Um, I think that you know girl it's it's not something we can take serious like honestly it's it's a blo- it's a blogger and we can't control it either so right. it's just like but but uh, you know i do find some of the things that he talks about entertaining um some of the stuff is in, informative cuz sometimes i just don't want to have to go and dig in reddit to find out what the hell's going on in our our community but um i do also on the other hand think that he goes too far sometimes and i think that he um, makes up stuff sometimes. I brought this up before, but I do genuinely. I like him. I think he's. I think that he's still trying to find himself. But I. Um, I think that Shay was in the right to call him out if she didn't. If she didn't agree with something, call his ass out. Because um, you know, if you are feeling threatened or you feel um, like somebody is doing a disservice to you, girl, defend yourself. No, that's true. I feel like, yes. I, I mean, that's where it comes on in the other side, too, is that I think he should also understand that if he says something about someone and they don't agree, you know, they have the right to rebuttal or, like, say something back. And, girl, not everyone is going to be nice about it. Yes, so That's true. And Shay sure was not. If you want to find out more <laughs> information, um, I'm sure Jackie will be making a video about it soon. Um, so let's move on to the next topic, which is Drag Race Rundown. And in Drag Race Rundown, it's, it's usually about the show. Do you still watch the show? 
Uh, yes, I have been forced to in the quarantine. Not forced, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely something to do because everything else that I've been watching, I end up watching the entire season in one day. Oh, girl, I'm the same way. Like, there's nothing else on Netflix that I have not watched. But um, so let's talk about um, your run on All Stars three. I personally was super, super impressed, and I'm sure you're tired of talking about All Stars, but you're so good in it. I um, I was super impressed by all of your looks, by everything you did. I thought that the challenge that you went home on, you were spectacular in. I, I thought that your look was amazing. I don't think that you should have been eliminated. And I do think that it was shady that BB eliminated you after you were helping her. Um, what are your thoughts about your run on All Stars 3? Oh, um, I mean, I've said it before and I'm very open about it. I think that... Uh, um, I appreciate being able to go back and, and do that. But at the same time, like, I felt like if I didn't win, like, if I didn't win that season, don't ask me to come back and ever do it again. Or even, uh, it made no sense because I went there with a picture perfect package. And, um, I felt like, I felt like I was snubbed and I felt like I walked in and, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know who's in charge. We know, we all know how it works. It's a fucking TV show. I walked in and it's just pretty obvious they didn't really expect much of me. And then when I delivered, they were like, oh shit. It's like when you take the pot off the stove and it's hot and you ain't wearing gloves and you don't know where to put it. That's how they felt with me. Mm. And I felt like they were like, oh shit. And um, I thought that they, I think possibly they thought that my talent show thing was going to be like the um, sort of like the climax of everything. And then when I kept delivering, they were like, Oh, because there were certain times where I felt like things just didn't make sense, such as my Amy and Amy Winehouse not being in the top three. I it never said anything about it. Oh, it should have been. Yeah. Look, you know, you give me a brown person, a first of all, a white person, when you could have definitely gave me anybody else. Also, I had the only dead person in the entire lineup. And, you know, I love Amy Winehouse, but also a lot of other people could do comedic quirks with their characters and i was the, the only quirks that amy winehouse really had were honestly like unfortunately related to her substance abuse and i'm not gonna make fun of that right i and think you did good though like with facial expressions you made her like more of a like like definitely played up like her awkwardness because she she does have some awkwardness about her yeah, but, you know, th- you want to know something? You know, they forgot to choreograph my shit, and at the end, uh, they were they were about to wrap it up, and, and then Tajik was like, oh, wait, Aja! And then, you know, that was literally when it was decided that I would be dragged across the stage in a chair for 10 seconds. I was like, <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I get it, and, like, I was like, whatever. So I didn't say nothing because I was just happy to be safe. But then, um, one, the next episode, the Bitchiller Challenge, I was like, okay, that whole dispute over the word of needy, I was like, they were like, you never said needy. And I was like, girl, there were multiple times in the, you know how the improv works where we do that shit forever and then they use two seconds of it. Oh, girl. And, Trust, I remember. And I was like, I, there were many times where I was like, I need you. I need you. I like made the character, you know, needy. And then like I come out and honestly, a bomb ass runway, my like Gundam Sailor Moon anime bullshit with the huge plastic hair. And I thought, 
oh, okay, you know what? Even if I didn't do the best, I'm safe. I, I don't know how the hell they changed it from a bottom two to a three inconvenience that week, that week, because then the next week was snatch game. Snatch game, I should have been in the you top two. You should have two. been in the top two, absolutely. Out of everybody, yours was the character down. Down. Like, so good. So good. I, I still think Vendela Creme did the best in the challenge, and I'll admit that. But I felt like I embodied the character so much, and a lot of my jokes didn't get aired, and I was actually really upset about it. And I remember reaching out to the people at, you know, the company and being like, hey, girl, like, what's up? And they're like, I hope you're not mad. Like, you know, you did great, but, like, we only had an hour and we had to, like, you know, fit in the storyline. Basically, the storyline of fucking Trixie and Shangela and the drama. Like, I didn't give a fuck about that drama. Like, my character was more important. Right. Um, You know, it was like, I felt, I was like, I felt really robbed at that moment. And also, like, no tea. I also felt like my runway was so cute that day, too. Like, everyone came out in these big flower pieces, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something subtle and feminine, because I think of floral, I think of subtle and feminine. And while everyone's out here looking like these big, dry-ass hydrangeas, I was out there looking <laughs> like a fucking... I was looking like a little daisy, just all petite and shit. Um, but then, you know, we go, we get to the next week, the... Um, the Studio 54 challenge. This is when I knew shit was gonna I knew shit was gonna go down anyway because when RuPaul came to do the, the walkthrough, um, so I I went to art school. Like I, I I learned a lot about art history, and one of my favorite eras is like the 60s, 70s. Like I love periodic art and fashion. And I was talking about uh we had to do the stupid fucking cans. And I was talking to RuPaul, and RuPaul was like, you know, what do you know about Andy Warhol? I by said, the way, by the way, the worst fucking challenge ever on Drag Race. Like, a fucking soup can? Are you kidding me? Right. And, um, so RuPaul's like, what do you know about Andy Warhol? So I started talking about Andy Warhol, about how he was, like, um, you know, he was not really good to women. He was a drug user. Like, he was abusive. He was a partier. But a lot of that reflected in his art. Blah, blah, blah. RuPaul basically was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, what? I don't? And it was like a really awkward moment. Actually, in the episode that aired on television, my walkthrough, even though I went home, usually the eliminated girls walkthrough is in the episode. Mine was not featured in the episode. Well, what it is is because the, the, the episode was dedicated to him. They didn't want anything negative about him on the air, obviously. Well, I mean, true, but like, I mean, but then it, it moved forward and it moved past that. And there was also a point in that walkthrough where, I felt really awkward and uncomfortable because RuPaul was like, well, let me ask you a question. How old are you? And I told him at the time I was like 22 or 23. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, well, this sweater I'm wearing is older than you. And I just looked at him and I was like, then you should get a new one. <laughs> like, why are you telling me this? Like, what does age have to do anything with this? Like, I was like, what the fuck? And it got really, really, really awkward. And you know what? I let it slide. I said, I'm not going to let this fuck up my vibe. Because, girl, I did not give a fuck. And I was so high because I brought all these edibles with me to All-Star. So, girl, I was chilling. <laughs> and so I was completely unaffected. Just started doing my shit. Um, I made my outfit. And I was like, girl, I I know that this... They gave us little pictures, like the references. Right. And I was like, girl, this is literally some, like, share Diana Ross, like, kind of like... 
the little vest and I was gonna, I was going to add on little ostrich feathers, but I decided not to because I didn't want it to be too much. But I was trying to give like the girl who like comes in on the horse and, um, Oh, but you were so cute at studio 54. You look so cute. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I even, I went to my hotel room. Uh, they let me take my wigs to my hotel room and I was going to wear originally just flat hair, uh, like parted down the middle, like very share. But then I started, uh, watching videos in my hotel room cause we had YouTube and I started watching videos of, um, like 70s, like Soul Train and stuff like that. And there was a hairstyle that I really liked with like the little headband and then like the parted bang in the front and then like the hair a little up in the back, but down. Mm. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put a little like a uh, headband because I didn't want to be too simple. You know, because if you're too simple, they get on you for it. But if you're too, too complicated, they, you know, they cut you a little more slack. So I was like, okay, let me do this. I stood up all night learning the fucking boss because I was like, I'm winning. I'm going to win. Next thing you know, uh, I'm getting ripped to shreds over saying Francis Jolie, which I still say it like that. I'm never going to not say it like that. I don't give a fuck what her real name is. <laughs> um, you know, and it was like such a weird focus. And then out of nowhere, it's a bottom two and not a bottom three, which if they wanted it to be a bottom three, it could have been. And I, and you know, there was a point too where, uh, this didn't air on television, but, um, I remember Michelle was like, I get it. You know how to sew, but this out, this, uh, this, um, <clears throat> outfit doesn't look well constructed. And I literally was like, what? <laughs> I was, I was like, okay. I literally, in my mind, I was like, I see what y'all doing here. And I said, this can go two ways. Uh, because at one point RuPaul read me to filth. And she was just like, you young queen. Basically, she said, you young queens come here and think you know everything, but you don't know nothing. Oh, wow. And it was very, and it was very like, it was at that moment, honestly, too, that I sort of felt like, okay, well, like, I, I, in my mind, I said, thank you for everything you've done for me. But from this moment forward, I have a very awkward way of looking at you. And I said, you know what? You're a professional. I'm a professional. I'm going to keep it moving. I went back. I said, I'm not going to say nothing because I don't want to be an ungrateful little bitch on this stage and yell at the person who, who is the mascot of the show. So I controlled myself. I went. I had my little untucked drink. I cried a little. And then I said, there's nothing I can say to these people to keep me. They're going to send me home regardless. So they sent me. So BB sent me home. I knew I was going home. I wasn't mad at her. Um, I was just like, whatever. I thought she was shady for not saying nothing at the time, but girl, looking back at it, I don't even care. <clears throat> I said, I, I'm happy that I went home when I went home because it, I'd rather be the robbed queen or the queen who looked like she was not supposed to go home when she went home than I make it further and someone says, oh, you didn't deserve it. That was a lot of tea, I know. That was a lot of tea. But speaking of BB, whose name do you think that she had in her lipstick? In, in, oh. in, in the ham. Well, I don't think I, it was Trixie. <gasps> Why do you think that she didn't reveal it? Uh, because I, I, I don't think she wanted to look bad. Or I think obviously Trixie was still in the room. And um, I just think she didn't want her to know because she, did, she didn't want it to be like weird. And how do you know that it was Trixie? I have my sources. Oh. Wow. Well, um. <laughs> I'll tell you after the interview. <laughs> for All Stars 4, they made sure that they told us you have to show who you picked for your lipstick. They they were like, you cannot not tell people. So, like, they made sure that, like, we weren't going to pull that stunt, bitch. <laughs> On to another topic from um, Drag Race. 
your drag daughter, Dahlia, is in season 12. Um, yes. Did you know that she was going to get on the show uh, before she was picked? No, I had no idea. Uh, but I, I saw her audition tape, and it was really good. Yeah? Um, she's gorgeous. A hot boy. And... Um, her she takes her fashion after you, obviously. Like she's she's she does good. Did you help her at all getting ready? Nope. No. I didn't help her at all. Um well are you are you, <laughs> you guys, like well? <laughs> I mean like well are you guys not that close anymore? Um I think after uh it was definitely like after me and uh after I really started going on my own endeavors and pursuing uh, music, uh, it was a pretty much like um, an agreement that they wanted to continue to do uh, drag, but like as a collective. And for me personally, I was just like, it was just not something I wanted to do. So we just all kind of like went our own ways and they pursued um, the the dollhouse Um and I and you know what I think it was the best thing anyway because uh, um, I don't want to sit th- sit there and pretend that like I really was like invested in you know continuing to help anybody with anything drag related when I don't really have a passion for doing drag anymore. Right. Um, but like I would never not help them. But she also didn't come to me and ask me for help. I think like. Afterwards, when she came, when she got off the show, I uh, I gave her a lot of advice on like what to do with the momentum and what to do with the you know fans and all that stuff. And hopefully, she takes it. And you know, she doesn't. That that's on her. A lot of people have like have like came to me critis- critical of her like attitudes and stuff online. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's that's her business. She's a grown ass person, and uh you know, take that up with her, not me. Um, but also understand that the same way I'm, I'm, uh, very outspoken and very like blunt. A lot of people that I know in my life and I've known Dahlia for like 10, 11 years. A lot of people I know are just like that. Like, yeah, we, you know, we're New Yorkers. Like we, we have that edge to us and you know, a lot of people can't handle that. Um, to end this podcast on something light, um, because you, you know you guys were close, and she's a cute boy, you're a cute boy. Did y'all ever hook up? <laughs> I want to know. No. <laughs> no. We're we're like cousins. Well, I mean, I'm from Alabama, so that's acceptable there. Hey, Dewey, you gotta <laughs> stop it. You're calling the police. <laughs> So thank you so much, Aja, for being on this podcast. This was super fun. I uh, got to know you a little bit more than uh, I did before. And I want to leave you with something that my grandmother used to always tell me. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit by me. (laughs) I love that. So thanks for joining us. Until next time. Bye. Bye.